Wednesday morning, Gil Alexander, your bettingdorkpregame.com. Sabermetrics Wednesday with a bit of a curveball today, Sabermetrics Wednesday, because not only are we going to talk about baseball and our standard picks at the end of the show, but also base winner has been in the lab for some World Cup talk today. How you doing, base winner? Gil, I'm excited about this World Cup model that, that I've developed and and I think as I delve into it, you're going to see a lot of parallels with Sabermetrics. And I'm excited to go over a couple of the games. Personally, love the World Cup. It's, it's so fun for me to see the pageantry, all the different matchups. And I like it personally because it's during the day. So it definitely keeps you involved in the sporting world during the day. So I'm excited. I'm so excited, dude. And, and as you know, uh, being out here on the left coast, some of the matches are at four in the morning, so we're gonna have to rally uh, for some of the, for some of these matches for sure. But I can't wait, and I can't wait to hear uh, what you've got uncovered for it. Well, I'm, I'm excited to give it out, and, and uh, you know, I, I think personally, I will definitely rally in the morning to watch some of these things, especially if I have some action on it. Yeah, well, that's for sure. And I may rally, you know, in in any case for South Africa, Mexico which, of course, begins Friday morning. Before we get into uh, your World Cup insights and also your insights on today's MLB board, because I know you got your four picks ready to go, I did want to react to a couple things that happened in sports last night. First of all, curious to think, or curious to hear, rather, what you think about the amazing debut. I think all of us uh, who, who had action on whatever games we had action on, whether it be baseball or basketball last night, Everybody had an eye, <laughs> and when do you get to say this, on the Nationals-Pirates game uh, from D.C., Steven Strasburg, 14 strikeouts and the victory in his debut for the Nationals. What was your reaction to that? Well, Gil, first of all, I was happy for you because I know that you're a Natty fan, and, and I, was, I was looking at this guy's press conference. And I, I checked this, the, the stats, and it was, I think it was 14 strikeouts, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, 14. But, I mean, and I was pretty amazed at the numbers, but then I'm looking at, at the difference between him and, and Pudge in, in age and, during the press conference, and this guy's just a kid. I mean, if they, can, if they can keep this guy around, they've got a legitimate ace for a long, long time. I mean, he looked... He looked like he was in high school, Gil. Yeah, he he does. And, and well, I by the way, just to, to clarify, I am an Orioles fan growing up because I was a member of the uh, generation of Washingtonians that was in between the uh, Senators and the Nationals. So it's it's interesting for me to watch uh, the Nationals from afar as sort of this foreign entity in the town I grew up in. But I obviously I I'm, I'm more interested in how the city reacts to it. But Strasburg went seven innings last night. Gave up just four hits, and again, 14 strikeouts against zero bases on balls. No walks issued. Uh, he did give up the one home run in the ball game, uh, but the Nats came back, and he gets the win. So he goes seven innings, pitched, had 94 pitches. They, they left him in there probably a little longer than they anticipated, I'm guessing. But nonetheless, even though it was against the Pirates, because I'm hearing some of that where people are like, well, it was against the Pirates. 14 strikeouts is 14 strikeouts. It was electric to watch. Gil, check this out. I'm just looking at this on fan graphs. Stroudsburg has a negative expected fielding independent, minus 0.5. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
that you don't see that that's amazing wow and you, 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 sometimes you see it with like a reliever in the first part of the year where the guys only pitch an inning or two but but never never with a starter i think that might be the first time a starter has had after a start has a negative exit yeah i don't think i've and now that you're mentioning it, i mean i don't i don't know that i've ever <laughs> i've ever seen that before that's so funny it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, Gil. They've they've got a they've got a gem over there. I think. Well, it, you know, it, this was sort of the perfect scenario I was hoping for because I really wanted him to do well from a gambling standpoint. Of course, I wanted him to do well so that now he can be even overvalued against a team better than the Pirates. You know, the next couple times out. So hopefully, we we see some value and dare I say, want to fade the kid, but shoot we're we know what we're about and and maybe that will play out but but what was amazing last night uh was the fact that he ends up you know striking out the side in the second inning uh facing four batters but then late in his appearance last night i mean and this is when it just got i mean you just opened your your eyes and you're like wow what i'm staring at here is amazing he struck out the side in the sixth he then strikes out the side in the seventh and in both cases swinging strikes for the third strike on all six batters uh mccutcheon walker millage jones young laroche six in a row and that's when you just had to sort of i mean out loud by myself watching the game i'm just like wow like i mean you, it was just there is something about uh the fireballer in baseball that will always carry that extra you know mystique to him well, no, I'm totally with you on that, and and you know, I think that that these marquee pitchers, they're for me as well. They're very fun to watch, especially when they're whiffing people. And like, I think Scherzer can do that when he's on, and he's up and down. But what he struck out, I think, 14 uh, a couple Sundays ago, and man, it's it's like, hey, I, don't 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 get me away from this. I really want to watch this game. So. It's interesting that you have that same type of reaction to it. Yeah, someone someone tweeted this. I can't take credit for it, but I don't know who it was. But someone tweeted, they said, uh, his curveball is punching physics in the face. <laughs> and I thought that was a I great like line. That. It was just amazing to watch. Amazing. He's got like four different pitches. So it, this, kid, this kid is something, somebody to watch, that's for sure. Uh, the, the other thing that I, I, I was struck by last night, base winner, is in addition, it was sort of a sneaky, great sports night last night. Game three, obviously, of the NBA Finals, which has its own sort of set of unique drama. The Celtics won game two on Ray Allen going crazy, and then they end up losing game three down the stretch, basically, you know, in a game where Ray Allen gives them nothing, um, and the Lakers take the two-to-one lead in the NBA Finals. But from our perspective, from a baseball perspective, what I found very interesting about it is down the stretch, they went to instant replay several times, uh, at least a few times, to determine uh, possession, to determine whose ball uh, it was based on who did the ball carry them off of on given plays. And the refs, in a couple instances, got a call wrong. Then they went to replay only to you know, get it right in essence. And I, you know, I, I watch that and I'm like, hey, now how simple was that? And how satisfied was everybody with that after the fact? This coming off, of course, the Armando Galarraga imperfect, perfect, non-replay uh, highlighted uh, situation last week. Did you think the same thing while watching that? You know, I absolutely did. And, and let me give you a little bit of background on my, my basketball preference. And I'm a, I'm a huge Lakers fan, grew up in L.A. So this Lakers-Boston, the Lakers versus Celtics thing has, like, I mean, 
I, I get emotional. I mean, I'm yelling at the TV last night watching this game, and and one of the plays, and I can't remember the I can't remember the exact play, but they 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 called the jump ball when it came when it went to the side. It was this, it was the, they did three replays. It was the middle replay. Yeah, and they called they called the jump ball, and of course, as a Laker fan, I'm I'm going, oh come on, that's off of the Celtic guy. What you got to be crazy? Mm-hmm. So anyway, they go to the to the replay. And it clearly is off the Laker guy. Lamar Odom. And so as a fan, as much as I love the Lakers, I was like, hey, they got this right. They got they it got right. They got this right. And, and, okay, let's move on. So instead of debating something for ad nauseum, they went over it, they looked at it, they called it correctly, and it was a very fair call. Let's move on. Yeah, these... I wish they could do that. I wish they could do that in baseball, really. Yeah. Yeah, last night, both of them, you know, the back-to-back ones in the last sort of minute and a half, two minutes, one was Kobe knocking it off of, of Kevin Garnett's fingertips, and the one that you're referring to was a jump ball call that, upon review, clearly went off Lamar Odom's uh, fingertips. And and I guess the real thing is, and, and this is what, you know, the, the argument given in baseball for not using instant replay, and let's be re- real here for once, it is 2010, it is 2010, Baseball is the only sport, it's the only world where human error is treated as a virtue. And they love talking, oh, well, you know, that's just part of the game. You know what? Bull. Horse crap. You know, whatever. <laughs> I, don't I, want... I, I would say horse pucky as well. Yeah, I mean. Because, I mean, let's, let's say, let's look at the imperfect, perfect game. And if they had a replay, how, how you know, you make a good point about the technology and how brilliant the, the, the shots were yesterday, you know, the video was. I mean, it was very clear. But looking at the video of, of Galarraga, he obviously was there, he had the ball before the guys, the runner's foot touched the base. It's obviously out. They could have determined that in a minute or two called it the right way, mm-hmm. and then, hey, you know, congratulations, you got a perfect game. Let's move on. Instead of, instead of now there's all this debate, and it's, I, I agree, it, it, it's part of the game. They say, oh, it's just part of the game, but it shouldn't be. Part of the game shouldn't be calling a play incorrectly when the means to call it correctly is not only available, but it's very easy. I don't think that the the flow of the game was affected. They popped the, the flat screen on the scores table last night and looked at it and moved on. Well, that, so and, I don't think it really affected the flow of, you know, to me. And I think your point is well taken there at the end because, and, and I don't want to belabor it because the imperfect perfect game happened, you know, last week, but this the, the fact that the NBA uh, finals game brought it back to light last night, in my opinion, which is the NBA has figured out a way that it doesn't intrude upon most of the game they've confined it to the last minutes of the ball game in football uh they've figured out how to apply instant replay to just the types of plays now you can argue the merits of, of whether or not it should be extended into others but they have figured out a way to complement the game in a way that it doesn't apply to everything it applies to just the most important things as uh, dictated by vote they've decided what it should apply to there's no reason why in baseball no one's suggesting that they have it for balls and strikes we're not being ridiculous here but the fact that they can't apply it more broadly to things that are so easily reviewable 
is just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It, it doesn't make sense at, at all from from a from a logic standpoint. And I mean, you know, I think that baseball's really having a problem, you know, getting the the fan base, the younger fan base that they want, and they need to take a look at this because it's obvious. Because the other fans, they watch football and they see the replay, and and, and we, this this Galarraga thing was so so big last last week that it actually made the local news which I will watch with my wife and she was watching it with me and she says hey Mark why don't they just why don't they just use instant replay like they do in football and <laughs> that makes sense doesn't yeah. it yeah I, and, and you know Armando Galarraga was so gracious about it but he may have by being so gracious about it done baseball a long-term disservice because it now allows Bud Selig to sort of sweep it under the carpet, you know? Because he was so good about it, it sort of lessened the furor at the end, I think. Um, and I well, applaud- and they, they, they took the high road on this yeah. because Joyce is such a good umpire. And talk about a class act of what he reacted Oh, he to was it. great. He was great. I mean, it, and that just, that just, I think, solidifies, you know, he's been around for, for a while and he's done a good job. And it, it makes, makes, that makes me feel good that there's, there's some good guys doing it because that, you know, you, there are some guys that are kind of hotheads and have tempers and yeah. kind of do more than they should. But I think for the most part, you've got, you got guys like Joyce who are really doing the right thing and really trying as hard as they can. And how bad does it make that guy feel? You know, he's like, I'm sure he would be like, oh, God, I wish I had, there was a way to overturn that call because I missed it. Well, it was, it, was so, it was very touching to see how the Detroit crowd reacted to him the next day and how moved he was by it. But, you know, interesting to see how the NBA, and, and, and here's what I said on the post, and I can't remember who I reacted to, but they were talking about how there shouldn't be instant replay. And I simply said in the end, I'm like, really, was has produce for me one person, produce for me one fan who has stopped watching the NFL because of instant replay. One you know what I mean? It's like nobody, nobody cares that that they, you know, that it takes an extra minute to get it right. No one is bothered by that in the end. No, not only, not only that, but even as a fan of the other team, right? You you can you can almost say, well, hey, that's that's the way it should have been called. Exactly. And 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 then there's no debate. It's not like I'm going to meet a Celtics fan tomorrow and say, "Well, if the Lakers hadn't got that jump ball, they wouldn't have won the game." Right. And there's no debate. You know, it, it clarifies everything. It puts everything on a on a level playing field, and 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 it, it, it invariably at the end is the right thing to do. Yeah. And so I just I I thought it was worthwhile reacting to Strasburg and and their use of replay last night because both were just you know great and interesting. Uh, occurrences, uh, respectively, in sports last night. We do want to get to the baseball picks that we do every Wednesday, your sabermetrics-driven Wednesday baseball picks. But today we're going to do something a little different first. We're sort of going to confine the baseball picks just to the end of the podcast because two days from now, the World Cup begins from South Africa, and I could not be more pumped. I know you are, and you have actually now applied some of your... You know, lab lab like tendencies. Let's call it your your propensity to getting in the lab and uncovering some numbers into a way to project World Cup matches. So, t- talk to us about that for a little. Well, Gil, it's really interesting the similarities between the models, the model, the big model that I have for, for the baseball, and the model that I've developed for soccer. And basically, 
what the what the soccer model has done is it is it defines what a team you know defines you know in baseball we go we evaluate teams on how many runs they should score and how many runs they should allow. Well, in soccer, I've come up with this with this model for the World Cup that says how many goals should this team allow and how many goals should this team score. So the the model is very similar as far as you know coming up with a probability figure, and it's amazing to me, uh, you know the parallels that each sport has. Now, the, the obvious question, base winner, not to interrupt you, but the obvious question is, have you tested this model before the World Cup itself? I did. On the friendlies, it's 8-3 and three in the friendlies. Oh, I like that. So I'm, I'm excited about this, the, the, uh, the results so far. So with friendlies, obviously, there's other, there's other dynamics taking place, too, but that doesn't, that's not a huge red flag of concern for you. You are confident now at 8-3. and three. That's very impressive moving in to the World Cup with this. I'm totally excited about it. I mean, and what what I'm excited about is is I think if any model you develop for any sport, you're only as good as your ratings. Okay, so you know you can look at a guy in, in pitching and you can say, well, you know, and, and to bring in the guy, the guy, you, you can use his ERA or you can you can use his expected fielding independent. Okay, and we've talked about what a better number is and and how much fielding independence a better better evaluation than, than ERA. So in, in soccer, I, and I'll be totally upfront, not a huge soccer fan except when it comes to the World Cup. As far as breaking a rating down, you know, for me, that was the hardest part of this whole model process. Yeah, I think that applies to a lot of us, by the way, in terms of what we show up for the World Cup or the European Cup or big, you know, events like that, big tournaments like that. So that said... I don't know if uh, I don't know how much the minutia of your formula can translate over a podcast. You're certainly welcome to throw that out, or you're just or or let's just cut to the chase and go to the picks. Your call. Well, I'd like to just give a little bit of a background because yes. I'm talking about the ratings, and you're only as good as your offensive and defensive ratings in whatever sport you're looking at. And and so I'm I'm doing I'm scouring you know a month ago I'm scouring the internet seeing if I can find some ratings like find like a sabermetric site for soccer and what I found is that on ESPN they've got the soccer rating index and this breaks down a team on how many goals they should allow on, on, on defense and how many goals they should score on offense so I thought well this is a good place to start so I delve into these ratings a bit more and the guy that developed this this, this soccer index that I'm, I'm using in the model is a guy by the name of Nate Silver. Well, if you don't know who Nate Silver is, he's heavily involved with baseball perspectives from a sabermetric standpoint. In fact, he was the guy who came up with the Picoto ratings that, that baseball perspectives uses mm-hmm. to this day. And so, I mean, I'm just getting just totally geared up when I'm reading this, and, and then it goes into the ratings and how detailed and specialized and, and developed they are. You remember on a previous podcast I was talking about how Billy Bean... Uh, you know, sort of once uh, once he's I don't know conquered the right world is, but once he's sort of uh, you know gone through the frontier of baseball sabermetrics, he has openly stated that he is trying to do that for soccer. He's trying to quantify soccer metrics as specific as 
you know, if uh, what is a player's plus minus number based on every single touch of the soccer ball? So in other words, if you pa- if you pass the ball to me, once that ball comes to me, what is my conversion rate of success with that soccer ball? I'm not talking about putting the ball in the goal necessarily, but I'm talking about do I pass it successfully to another teammate or do I advance the ball successfully or do I not do so? So, I mean, even down to that minutia. So it really is uh, the next frontier, if you will, for some of these guys, as you point out, that have had uh, already some notoriety doing it in baseball. And certainly when you're talking Pakoda, you're talking a guy who has made an impact doing it in baseball. Absolutely. This guy's a big name. You know, you know he was, he was uh, rated as one of the top 100 influential people by Time magazine. So I'm really, I mean, I'm excited that I have this guy's rating to plug into my model. I'm very confident in the ratings. And, uh, you know, I think that we're going we're gonna to have some pretty good opportunity here to, to get some value. This is awesome. You've got me. I'm so, I'm so excited to hear this. is ridiculous how excited I get. So that's great. So you are 8-3 and three going into it, and now we have our first round games, obviously, in, in the group round. Uh, each team plays uh, their opponents in the group round uh, within their group once each. So three matches in the group round, and you get to see the first wave of those matches on the schedule now, and uh, you've applied some of these to those matches. Absolutely, I have, Gil. And before I give you the plays, I, I want to make, make a mention that if you're interested in getting the World Cup picks every day, I'm going to do a separate post every day with the line, my line that I've developed with my model, the total goals that, that I'm projecting for this match, and then you can, you can compare that with, with what the BetUS or, or Five Dimes or whoever you use, what their line is and what their total is. Oh, sweet. So you're going to get, yeah, it's going to be cool. You're going to get every game uh, on the thread. So, you know, if you, have, if you have an interest in a particular match, then, then you can take a look and see what, the, you know, what this model's come up with. And I think it'd be a very valuable handicapping tool for people who, who want to bet World Cup. That is awesome. So every day you will have that. That's great too. And then, and of course, you still uh, base winners BSR uh, thread. Uh, you still post every couple series in baseball, and then of course you have your daily uh, thread as well on the forums in baseball. It's a it's a numbers factory over here, Gil, and I enjoy it. I love doing this this, this evaluation. <laughs> a it's, numbers it's, factory. It's what makes the world go round, Gil. Yeah. Well, good for you. I hope uh, I hope the wife uh, enjoys it as well. I'm sure that is hot to we've her. Had to, we've had to go to, to smartphone-free uh, Saturdays. She, 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 she said, no, no more. You've got you've to put that phone away. Because what I do is I'm checking the score. Me too. I mean, every, every pitch you can get on the, on the MLB uh, mobile site. So I'm, and and I'm just, she's like, hey, you've you got to put that away, man. I dude, I, I have the same. I have the same sort of uh, negotiation. I on the weekend, I actually, I'm the same way. I have to put it away because I'm just like, listen, I gotta, I gotta live a normal life here at times. Yeah, so I'm going, <laughs> going to, going to smartphone free Saturdays. Uh, at the beginning last Saturday, so yeah, it, it helps the relationship. That's for sure. Okay, you've kept us waiting long enough. Give it to us. Okay, well, okay, so I'm gonna start with the best favorite. And this is now these games have been analyzed based on the spread uh, from from BetUS. 
So the best favorite I have, Nigeria is playing against Argentina. They're getting a goal and a half, and they're at minus 40 at BetUS. Now, I'm saying they're getting a goal and a half, but they should be at minus 253. So I like Nigeria as my best favorite play, getting a goal and a half. Okay. Nigeria getting a goal and a half. That's your first pick. Interesting. And then we go to the the best dog of the first. This is the first round. I've I've I've, I've crunched the first round first matches. So so every group plays you know one match against you know their other group. So this is the for the first round of games. This is this is my best dog for the first round of games. Right. Okay. And I like. Australia plus one, and they were they were at plus one hundred five. So that's they're actually on the dog side. Germany is the favorite minus one twenty, minus one minus one twenty. But I have Australia at plus one goal, and they should be actually getting one ninety eight on on the on the or, or I'm, I'm sorry, that, I'm confusing myself a little bit here. Germany should be should be getting 198, laying a goal, and they're actually favored. They're minus 115, minus 120. So Australia, you're getting a huge value there, getting a goal. So Australia plus one is my best dog of the first round. Okay, so Nigeria in Group B, B as in boy, is your uh, pick, and then in Group D, D as in David, you like Australia getting a go- you like the uh, the plus one line on on Australia. Plus one even money on that. Okay. I, sh- I actually Australia should be favored based on this model. They should be favored by minus one ninety eight on this model. So it's a huge disparity in a line. So your mo- so your model says Australia should be favored over Germany. Getting a goal. Getting, Get, a getting a goal, a goal. okay. Be, let me, be favored. I was just going to say, let me clarify, because we—I don't want—I don't yeah. want folks okay. thinking uh, it's no, crazy. That, that, that's a good—that's a good point. Yeah, because I, I don't want—I don't want folks being like, "Oh, that model is crazy." But in the case of Nigeria, we weren't talking about—we uh, were just talking about straight up, correct? No, no. I'm so I'm glad you're clarifying this. Nigeria is yeah. getting getting a goal and a half. Getting a goal and, and a half. And laying and laying one forty. Uh, on, on, see, it's a little bit different spread, but it's kind of like the run line in baseball. Yeah. I guess would be the best, exactly. the best way to compare it. Just a matter, yeah, it's just a matter of clarifying because we're we're a lot of us are you know, and I'll even throw myself in. A lot of us are new to soccer, so we're not talking about uh, the standard uh, money line in soccer where where sides and the draw are available. We're talking about right what you say, base winner, the equivalent of the run line. We're talking about the spread plays here in soccer so getting a goal and a half you love the value on nigeria and getting a goal you love the value on australia that's perfect you and you always have such a high propensity to clarify complex things <laughs> different things it's not it's completely complex but very different yeah thank you <laughs> thank you i love that it says by the way when you say it now it sounds so sarcastic it's like i know i'll shut up <laughs> no 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 no. i'm not trying to be sarcastic you're just no. i mean you're clever i was confused in myself breaking the australia game down but now now we have everything clear so yeah um okay we can we can we can move on to the best over of the, and we have the best over of the first first match first round first match games and i like slovakia and new zealand 
Oh, this is so fun talking about these international teams. <laughs> Over two and a half goals, I have the the goals at three point three five. So that's my highest disparity in uh, in goals scored, and and I like the over in that game. So Slovakia and New Zealand, Group F. You like the over and and the spread again, and then the line rather again is how many goals? Two and a half is is what they have at Bet US. Two and a half. You like the over in Group F, Slovakia, and New Zealand. Okay. Could you point out Slovakia on a map, by the way, if I made you a base winner? If I asked you, could you do it? Maybe. I I, <laughs> I, I don't know the difference between Slovakia and Slovenia, but I, I can tell you that their offensive and defensive ratings. Well, that, that's much much more key information for our purposes, for sure. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's the most important thing. I mean, it's funny because I was, I was reading this thing about Nate Silver, and he, was, he, was, he got notoriety more so for his political evaluations, and I thought that was the, the least of the, the most important things he did. I thought the baseball thing was way more important than the political projections. That's right. Did he do stuff for, for the Obama-McCain election? Was that what he was he doing? Did. He did. Yeah, and he, that's why time recognized him. Because uh, he was so, so dead thought, on yeah, with that it, was, right? That was number three on his list of accomplishments in my book. Yeah, really. I mean, clearly World <laughs> Cup followed by baseball, then Obama-McCain. He, no, he, well, no more, more like baseball followed by World <laughs> Cup. That political stuff, eh. That's right. All right, so the top over you have then in the first wave of matches, Slovakia, New Zealand, you like the over at two and a half. Okay, that's a Group F match. All right. That is... That is my overplay. And then for the best under, I like Brazil and North Korea. I mean, we're getting international here. Wow. Under, uh, under three. Under three. Okay, because I have it at two and a half is my line here. Okay, and that's a pretty good distinction because I think I was looking at BetUS on that. They have it at three. Let me just double check here. Oh, no, you know what? I have it at three, too. I'm mistaken. I'm looking at the wrong uh, line there. I have it at three as well. Okay, so it's three, it's three and over, over's minus 120, so the under's even money. The under's kind of the underdog. Yes, it is. A, that's right. Under is a slight yeah. underdog. That's right. But you like the under. I like the under. I have the the says two point five seven goals, and the total three. So that's that's the disparity for the under, and that's the underplay of the first first round first match. Okay, and that's North Korea and Brazil Brazil rather in Group G. So, all right. So I'll do it in reverse. The totals: uh, Slovakia and New Zealand. You like the over uh, with a line of two and a half. In group F, Group G, North Korea and Brazil. You like the under with the line being at three goals in Group G, North Korea and Brazil. And then the sides, um, and we're talking about sort of the goal lines, if you will. Uh, you love Nigeria getting a goal and a half, correct? Against, that uh, is correct, Gil. Against Argentina. Against Argentina. We're, I mean, these global matchups, it's like, it's like you know, one side of the world against the other side of the world. It's interesting. Yeah, that Nigeria-Argentina match should be awesome. That is Saturday morning, uh, by the way, in Group B. And then Group D, your other one, um, you like Australia with that line being plus one and a half. You like Australia going up against Germany. 
So. Yeah, plus one. I have a plus one. Plus one. I'm sorry. So the Niger- okay. were both Nigeria and Australia were they plus one or was one of them one and a half? No, no, you're right about Nigeria. They're plus one and a half, okay. minus one forty. Oh, gotcha. And and Australia's plus one, even money. Okay, I am, dude. I am totally going to be watching to see how those play out, and I will be rooting, rooting strongly for. It. I may even jump aboard. Um, well, this is great. I'm, I mean, I'm totally enjoying like the whole global perspective, and and I might actually even take a look at my world map uh, for I think the first time since seventh grade, yo. <laughs> By the way, I'm fairly I'm fairly confident in saying that Slovakia is probably, you know, one of the offshoots of what used to be Czechoslovakia when we were children. I'm fairly confident in that proclamation. I I think that that would make make a lot of sense. Actually, yeah. I would yeah. I would tend to agree with you on that. That's right. <laughs> okay. And, oh no, so I'm one, sorry. One last thing I wanted to throw out because I know this is the most popular game, and it should be. We should be very patriotic for our United States. Team. Yes, absolutely. And I really enjoyed the show, and and I don't know if the content of the show. I enjoyed that, but I also enjoyed Tamaris's voice on Monday. I mean, it it, it 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 got me really worked up on that running track. I was listening to while I was running. I was I was running faster and faster the more she got to talk. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're talking about uh, my Monday show with uh, Tamaris. Uh, my friend Tem- Temris Lane from uh, Fox Soccer Channel's Fox Football Phone-In. It's a bit of a uh, tongue twister alliteration there. Um, yeah, she, uh, what can I tell you about Temris? She is one in a million, that girl. One in a million. I'm serious. There's just no other way to say it. She is a, uh, good Lord, what can I tell you? Beautiful girl, um, smart girl who really gets what her opportunity is right now and i think that's sort of you know one of one of the big things that that Temers and i always talk about is that's the different difference between i'll say kids right but but kids who are in their teens and 20s now as opposed to kids who are in their teens and 20s um say 10 15 20 years ago and I always say it when I watch American Idol with my wife. I look at I, when I would watch American Idol, I react to the music and the singing, of course. But one of the things that I always react to is how media savvy these kids are and how comfortable they are on stage talking in front of a live national audience. And it just wasn't like that 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Kids weren't that comfortable by and large. But now. We have such saturation that they sort of, they know what's happening. And Temris is one of these uh, people who really gets the context in which she operates and the opportunity that's in front of her. So um, all that to say, she's a great, great person. Love her to death. I did, I loved her voice. I, I was thinking of like Pablo San Lucas on the beach, like it's this girl's talking sport. I mean, my, my, my mind's just racing. As you can tell her, she's got a wonderful voice the next time uh, you see her. So, Oh, I will. I will. She'll like that. Um, but and aren't you lucky to be able? Aren't you be? Aren't you lucky to be able to see her? Well, <laughs> it's it is. You know, again, it's funny when you do. You know how it is when it when it's your person's friend because it's always funny because you don't think of people that way. But uh, yeah, clearly, um, she is. Yeah, she's one of a kind, and so uh, I'll definitely pass that on to her. She would be happy to hear that, actually. Especially Hubba, from Hubba, the- and I almost got I almost got sidetracked because if we're talking USA England and 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 what my bet was on this. 
And I like the over in the USA-England game. I'm showing that the total is at the books, two and a half, and I like uh, 3.01 goals in this. So look at about a half goal in value, and, and I'm going to – I'm going to play the over and just hope they score like crazy. Bonus. I want us to win, too. How about a 5-4 to four victory? Right? That'd be great. 5-4, to four, we'll take that. Bonus pick over in the England-USA match. All right. When is the England-USA match, by the way? Let me. When, when is that exactly? I think it's a 10 East. Is it 10 Eastern? or? Uh, no, 11, it is actually 2.30 Eastern on Saturday. Oh, that's sweet. That's going to be a nice, nice time. Eleven thirty. The organizers were smart about putting that thing in on at that time. Yeah, I hope my times are Eastern. Yes, I believe they're Eastern. I might be wrong about that. I might be staring at. I don't know if my book conforms to. No, my... it's two thirty. It's two thirty Eastern. Okay, days. good. Okay, cool. All right, so. Man, I mean, I could talk about soccer the whole way through, but uh, I guess we should probably get into your four baseball picks for today as well since we're staring at a big baseball board. Um, I will tell you up front, I did not love... Usually usually it's the small cards where I could, you know, it's obviously harder to find stuff since there's, you know, fewer games and fewer opportunities. But this was one of those big cards where I was just like, I don't know. There's not a lot to me. Maybe you felt differently. Well, Gil, I... I, I can see where you're coming from because you basically, I'm just talking about the American League, but the money line numbers on the American League are, are very good, I think. The, the books come out with uh, with some pretty precise numbers for this. So there's not a lot of value on the side as far as the money line goes. But I do have a, I have one place that I really like in the money line. I'll get to that because I like to go east to west. Um, but there's a little bit of value that I saw at a couple run line games. And I also like a total, and, and since we're, we're cutting short on time, I'm, I'm not going to spend as much time as I normally would as far as, you know, describing why I like a particular play. But let's go, let's just knock these things out real quick. Does that sound like a plan? Let's do it. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to, the first game I want to go to is the Camden Yards, the New York-Baltimore game. And I'm seeing it at 9 or nine and a half the total. It's actually, it's not down to nine. And this game, I have it 10.24 runs. So I'm really high on this over here. Uh, Tillman for the Orioles, I think he's probably going to get knocked around a bit. And I think it's just the run environment at, at Camden Yards. If the, if the line posted at nine and, you, and you're looking at a, your projections, nine, six, nine, seven, I think it's a good play. I mean, you know, it's more of a hitter's park. Mm-hmm. So I like the over in this in this play and in this game. Uh, I like it a lot, actually, the more I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm seeing it at nine myself. Nine over, obviously, being a uh, slight favorite to your point. Um, but yeah, the, I'm seeing it at nine. So, and how much uh, base winner do you check to see who the umps are before that kind of ball game? You, usually, with a with the total, I I take a look at the umpires. And I'll make a note, and it won't necessarily take me off a play, but I'll definitely make a note uh, of, of who's umping the game. And the other thing that I look at as well is the weather. So, I mean, yeah. we're, they're usually getting pretty good. They're getting pretty good weather over there. Um, the umpire in this game, I, I, I can't remember who, who, who it was, but I didn't think it was a big – Jerry Davis is the umpire. I, I, don't, I don't really – 
he doesn't stand out to be any no. kind of no, not not to me either. Kind of neutral. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So you he, like the, he's kind of a kind of a neutral umpire to me. So the over in that ball game, and you're saying you projected it over ten runs, right? So a nine should be you're you're over a run clear there. Or well, I liked it at nine and a half, and it kind of snuck down to nine. Mm-hmm. So I mean, people you know people overreact to Sabathia, but you, what you got to realize that even the best pitcher, okay, they're expected fielding independent. I mean, the best that I've seen, the best projections maybe for like a Hernandez, and that's right around 3.4, 3.5 runs. I mean, you can look at different numbers and stuff, but if you look at a, a King Felix number, I mean, no matter where you're going to go, he's got a 3.4, 3.5, okay? Maybe maybe some sites would say 3.1. Well, that, long story short, he's going to allow three runs, okay? Then you've got, you've got the bullpen, which, you know, bullpens, 4.3 is my rating on New York. So let's say they, they pitch two innings of bullpen work. Sabathia gives up three. New York gives up one. Their bullpen, yeah, I mean, they're, Baltimore's going to score four runs. So now you got to think, well, can, can, the, can the Yankees score six runs off at, off at Tillman and, or, or five runs for the push? Yes, they can. Tillman, Tillman and the Baltimore <laughs> Bully, and I think that your answer would be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think they can score five or six runs against the by the, by the way, could you repeat again for me what Strasburg's uh, XFIP was again? <laughs> minus minus point five oh. So that's outstanding. I mean, I don't know how you'd even put that into a into a, a, a thing. Obviously, that's an aberration. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna you know pitch more. The more work that these guys get, the more you can see. But even the best ones, I think you know, and maybe you could help me out with that. I think the lowest that you see maybe the Cliff Lee at a two nine, yes. something like that. And he and he just qualified, you know, with enough innings to get into that top spot. By the way, this is and this is such an aside, and I know we're short for time here, and I want to get to your other three picks. But how how is it that the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen FIP is so good? Yet every time I back them, it is like living on the edge of life. Because they are so shaky. It's crazy how that works. Like, I mean, I thought we were in pretty good shape yesterday. We both had the White Sox, and the White Sox have the best expected in the in the in the American League. So, I mean, for for them to choke, it was that was even that was kind of a sucker punch, dude. That was my dorky that was my dorky play yesterday. I had the White Sox, and it's just yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm just like sometimes you just you sort of just shake your head, and you're like, really. Really, you know what? Do, what do I even say afterwards? It's like best bullpen going, and they're the ones who fork it over after you have the the starters capped perfectly. You know, it's like okay. Yeah, no, and that that's what's still frustrating because they. I mean, I, I had a game as well, and I'm like, okay, we're going to go their bullpen. We have a lead. I liked it, and then the bullpen implodes. So, and I, and I, that happens. Yeah, it happens. That's baseball. It happens. All right, so uh, Yankees Orioles over at nine or nine and a half. You like what's next? Okay, now we go to your favorite boy, Sean Markham in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I've got I I I know you have a man crush on, on Mr. Markham, but I'm gonna have a man crush on him too today as well. I I like I like the um the rough line in this game and I listened to your show from yesterday where you were talking about Toronto and their, their impeccable record on the run line and I'm showing value on the model here. I've got him at, at plus one and a half. What they should be laying is 185. What the books are saying is they're minus 160. So I'm looking at value there 
Plus, I like their run line record, and I got to admit, I, 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 I love the fact that I can back Sean Markham. Yeah, as highlighted as, you, as you're kind enough to point out, as highlighted on yesterday's show by not just the number one run line team in baseball, uh, base winner, by far the number one base uh, run line team in all of baseball. So you like them again today. Markham and the Jays plus one and a half, um, laying about minus 160, minus 165, somewhere in that neighborhood at this point. And their value, even at 155, their value. So okay. I like that. So now we're going to move over to how about this Texas team in Arlington? I mean, this team is just bashing. It's weird. They, they're just they're killing the ball at home. They go on the road, not so much. And it's a trend that's continued. It, was, it happened last year as well. So I like today, I, I like them on the run line. They're facing Ian Snell, who oh, he's been just brutal uh, his last two starts. Hasn't, hasn't he been to, hasn't he been brutal base winner for his whole career? I mean, let's be honest. When 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 was Ian's? He has moments where he can show flashes, but by and large, he can get shelled ridiculously. He, he just had terrible command, and what what amazes me is his projections are are right about four six, and I just don't see that. I mean, I've looked at his expected fielding independent over the last three years, and. It's brutal. I mean, it's not good at all. And, and he's, he's not good on the road. He hasn't. He's not in good form. I don't really see any. I mean, like you said, how can you say anything good about the guy? And I can't. So, so, so you I are mean, you are going with the dreaded home team run line favorite today, huh? The Rangers. I just I just can't I can't resist this play. I mean, they're I have it minus one twenty one on the run line. They're showing about plus one hundred five even money, and that's yeah. valuable. This team's been—I mean—they got to the king last night, and and uh, I mean they've—they've really—if you think about it—they have—they have hit some very good pitching over the last few days. I love that. that so, I love that you say they got to the king, and everybody understands. You're like, yep, they got to Felix. They. <laughs> They got to the King, and, and, and yesterday was, was a weird day because you saw the King and Granky get just, just hit around. So, I mean, what a, what a weird day it was yesterday, that's how, for sure. How, how, what, is, what, is the, uh, what would you post the line on Granky wanting out of Kansas City at the end of this year? I mean, I don't know what his contract is, but good Lord, is he having a nightmare season. I mean, you know, in general, in general what happens with Granky is he pitches a gem and he still loses, so... Yeah, it's I, that's a bad situation over there. I mean, they've changed; they've already changed managers, and I mean, what do you do when you have a bullpen like that? I, I don't understand. I think that that you know sometimes maybe the best thing to do is to is to build a bullpen to start off with, and then try to fill the starters in because you, you know these guys are getting so used they start using them in the sixth inning. But that Kansas City pen, you know, we talked about the the White Sox being being the best in the American League. That Kansas City pen with the with the exception of Cleveland, you know, they're they're the they're the worst in the American League. So yeah. that's a bad situation over there for them. Okay, so you uh you like Texas on the run line and what is pick number four? Pick number four is, is the only big spread uh, money line game that I like and it, it it's out west in Oakland and I like the A's. Um, they're showing at the books at minus 122, and my line saying that they should be at minus 141. Braden versus Saunders, and and I'm he, Saunders is another guy that I'm just not not convinced he's he's any good. I mean, I have him at a 5.1 projection, and that that really might parallels what his numbers are. 
And Braden, you know, he's actually had a pretty good year. So yeah. I have him at about about a four three five, which is actually a little bit higher than what his actual numbers are. So I mean, I'm actually I'm actually taking that back a little bit. I still have Oakland favored. Um, you're breaking up there a little. Say that last part again. Oh, I I I have Oakland favored. I I like Braden. I think that he's he's uh, actually a tremendous value here. Okay. Um, yeah, those Angels, you, you mentioned that about Saunders. I, I find the Angels starting pitching in general to be completely unpredictable. Like, whether it's Saunders, whether it's Santana, though he's had a more consistent year this year than normal, whether it's Kazmir, I mean, you go down the list. Those guys, I just, it's impossible to harness what they're going to do on a daily basis. Well, it's, it's, uh, you just really have to delve into the numbers, and you have to come up with the with almost a subjective analysis, but I think Saunders is a little bit easier for me. I mean, if you look at his his expected fielding independent, I mean, it's it's progressively gone down since '07, and and today as we sit at 2010, it's at 5.4. So I'm actually helping him out a bit, giving him a 5.1, you know, compared to this year's number, but it's kind of like a hybrid between last year's and this year's. And I mean, like I said, we're getting good value on this ASD tonight. Yeah. Okay. So let's review those uh, four baseball picks. Then you got the over in the Yankees Orioles. Uh, weather at nine. You're seeing at a nine right now. You got the over in that. And you'd you'd also take it at nine and a half. Um, let's see. Pick number two. Where did I go here? What was pick number two? I lost it for a second. Pick number two is Toronto ah, plus yes. one and a half minus one fifty. See that Markham. Anytime Markham's name gets brought up you just your heart starts beating fast <laughs> i get flustered i get flustered <laughs> uh the pick number three you like the um the uh let's see where to go texas here. texas rangers yes. minus a, one and a half and i got them at plus 107 but anything up to minus 105 is good and then the last one you like the a's on the money line which is pretty significant uh about 20 cent gap between your projection and what the actual line is correct that is absolutely correct. So those are the four podcast plays. We got the World Cup plays. I'm telling you, man, we're going to be a ton of action. Wow! And, and sometime, sometime, and sometime over the weekend, we have to not, you know, be so engrossed that we we neglect our wives. That's right. That's the whole goal for the weekend is just to act as though, just to to give the impression to sell the wife on the fact that we are not paying attention to these athletic events. Oh yeah, hey, it's all it's all about the connection. It's all about connecting with your significant other on the weekend as you eh, kind of keep in the uh, in back of your mind the, the score of this USA England game. <laughs> That's so funny. That's it's like we're dispensing uh, relationship advice now, but it's so true. Like how many how many times during the week are you feigning um, attention to detail when in fact, like for instance, last night's a great night. You know, it's two to one uh, in the ninth. The Cubbies are up on the Brewers. There's runners at second and third with two down, and my wife is talking to me about God knows what. <laughs> and, uh, and to this moment, basically, I can't tell you what she was telling me. All I know is that Casey McGee put one up the hole. You know, put one up right up the middle into the outfield, and I was like, Oh, whatever you need. What do you need from me? I'm so thrilled. Exactly. Yeah. You got you at the right time on that. That's right. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, but we don't have, you know, we don't have gambling problems or anything like that. No, of course not. 
Not at all. No. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Well, you have given us a wonderful group of picks today. Four in the World Cup, four in baseball, and um, wow. I'm going to look forward to this. I'm, I'm looking, as I'm talking to you here, and we'll wrap this up, but as I'm looking, I'm looking at some other Steven Strasburg items. He's, is it true he set the Nationals franchise record for K's last night? That's incredible in, in his wow. day. And, 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 and the guy's so young. I mean, he, he looks like he's in high school. They said the last time anybody had 11 strikeouts, even 11 strikeouts in their debut, was Tim Hudson 11 years ago. He had 14 last night. Jeez. It's incredible. It's incredible. Good. Good for this for this uh, Washington D.C. I like it. Last Strasburg item, and then we'll go. This is tweeted by Jason Stark of ESPN after the sixth inning last night. So this doesn't even include the seventh. But after the sixth inning last night, Strasburg had thrown twenty-five different pitches of ninety-eight miles per hour and above, with two clocking at a hundred by that point. So 20, oh, that's, that's insane. 25 pitches. So you're talking, and he threw 90-some for the entire game, and that was after the sixth inning, so that wasn't even afterwards. So you're talking about a significant percentage of his pitches that are at that velocity. That's like that's some Joel Zumaya stuff right there. That, By the way, that's the thing that always amazes me about Joel Zumaya. You hear about these guys hitting 100 on the gun or hitting 99. Zumaya, like every single pitch, this guy's like at 100 and 101. It's amazing. It's amazing. The guy's filthy. Zumaya is filthy. I'm, I, he, he's, you know, he, sometimes he, he misses and he gets right in the center of the plate. They can hit him, but, I mean, his stuff is... If he can harness that, he's going to be a good guy. Right, yeah, and I don't, and I don't know that Strasburg, as a starter, will will be doing that every single pitch, but good. I mean, that is the one thing I will say about guys like Zamaya, where I'm just like, I've never seen a guy do it pitch after pitch after pitch. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible what some of these guys can do now. Anyway, base winner, I thank you, sir. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent now. I'm sort of just talking out loud. We appreciate it, and thank you so much for getting back in the lab and coming up with the soccer stuff, and I, I am going to be watching avidly to see how you do with it. Gil, it's my pleasure. I'm so looking forward to this week. It's a new week in baseball, and it's the World Cup. I mean, it's going to be a crazy week. Absolutely, and I look forward to it, and I know we all do. Base winner, thank you, sir. Gil Alexander. Your betting dork, of course, everything at bettingdork.com and at pregame.com. Thank you so much for listening.